Well, welcome everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Doug, I really appreciate your prayer, especially the part that applied to the one who's prepared to speak tonight. But actually, that prayer applies to everybody tonight because uh, we are doing this whole month, we're, we're focusing on generosity. And I talked to you last week on a Sunday night about generosity and what the Bible has to say about it. So tonight you're going to talk. And uh, we're going to do a little exercise in helping us to meditate on generosity. Not that kind of exercise. I'm uh, fundamentally against that, Bill. Uh, this, is, this is more of an intellectual and social exercise. I need some people to help me pass this out. I better keep one. I always forget. So I know that Walmart has had their Christmas decorations up since 4th of July or something, but uh, it is true that now it is the season. A lot of people are thinking about Christmas. A lot of people are thinking about what gifts they're going to give. This is a time when people are thinking about gift giving. Uh, (laughs) So it's natural, I suppose, for us to turn uh, to this topic of generosity. We're going to do some exercises as a church, some activities uh, with kind of our uh, retirement home across the street and some other things that we do this month uh, that we will express our generosity. We're also trying to understand a little bit about how Christian generosity works. So tonight we're going to do this exercise. This is based on two biblical principles. These aren't the only biblical principles about generosity, but they're two important ones. One is what we just heard read by Josh. It is more blessed to give than to receive. That doesn't just apply to final exams, Jeremy. That is, that is true across the board. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And the second principle is this. This is a biblical principle that actually um, hearing about your generosity blesses other people. Paul carries this principle out more than once in his letters. He'll talk about the generosity of others in order to bless the group that he's currently addressing. One example of this, 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 4. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, uh, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means... Beggaring, uh, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. This is about the collecting for an even more severe famine that was going on in uh, Judea at the time. And these Gentile churches were contributing to that. Paul tells about one church doing that to encourage another church to do it. When you hear about someone else's generosity, that can be a blessing to you. So we're going to put that into practice tonight. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of time to do step one of this exercise. Everybody does this privately. Think of one time at least, maybe two or three, but at least one time in your life when, and this has to be about something you did, uh, when when you saw in your own life that it truly is more blessed to give than to receive. I know we don't normally like to talk about the things we give and the generosity we show. This is one time when you have permission. So, uh, 
go ahead and write down one time when you gave and you really felt the truth of what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. All right, so this next thing is the fun part. Step two, you need to get up out of your seat and you need to go find something, someone, not something, someone that you don't know very well and you need to interview them about uh, their, you know, step one, about the experience they've talked about in step one. If you see parents with young children and you don't have young children, Maybe you could be the one that goes over to them and so they don't have to move their whole tribe, okay? Anyway, so everybody that is willing, please stand up and mill about. Find someone to talk to. All right, Steve. I better turn off.
and find another group, and we're going to tell you, we're going to tell each other's stories. That's the idea of step three. So uh, these are great conversations I'm hearing around the room. I thought we would be able to do two cycles of this, but I'm not sure that that's really going to happen. I think one is all it is. Go ahead and be wrapping up your conversations in the next 30 seconds or so. Oh, they all got quiet. Okay, yes. Well, that was quick. Um, so, say what? So, step three now. I hope you took good notes in step two. Because in step three, you've got to go find another couple. So there's, there's groups of two all over the, and a couple of groups of three, I guess. There's groups of two all over the auditorium. Go find another group of two, and then you introduce, and you tell. Here's the way to do it. Tell the other person's story. You tell the other person's story. They'll tell your story. You tell their story. If you get it wrong, they're there to correct you. But you tell each other's story. And all four, we want all four stories told uh, in each group, okay? So that's step four. Go. Uh, step three. Sorry. That's step three. That's step five. Three, sir. Three. All right. Who are we going to go to? Uh, here. Let's go right here. Coffee, are you with this group right here? Are you two a couple or is this a... Hoppy, come back, come back. You're in a different group? Yes. All right. So we pick you. There are three of us. Four. Well.
So we're going we're gonna to have to wrap it up here in about a minute. So who heard a good story tonight? You heard one? You heard one? You heard one? Who wants to share a good story? I have, I have a great, the first story I heard tonight I really loved. I, I heard it from Steve, our song leader. And he said when he was a college student, he worked the night shift at 7-Eleven. Uh, down in the middle of Oklahoma City. Uh, it was a kind of a rough part of town. He said back right now, now he said that place has a woman's shelter. Back then, uh, there was a place where a lot of women were, but it was the opposite of a shelter. And uh, so he, he saw a very active nightlife. But a lot of homeless people, a lot of people in need, a lot of transient people. And he told a couple of stories of helping folks as he could uh, out of his own resources. Uh, one time, my favorite though is that he said one time he had, there was a transient uh, man passing through and he, he helped him. And because he was helping him, another customer that happened to be there uh, pitched in and they both, you know, were kind of moved by each other to help that man. I just like stories like that. That is great. Yeah, go ahead. More blessed to give than receive, boy. <laughs> Anybody else have a story you want to share about somebody else? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. And it, he said the way we go to the nursing home every year and the big difference it makes for them and how happy they are to see us. It may seem like a small thing to us, but it is obviously a big thing to them, and I'm glad that we're involved. Anybody else? Yes. Oh. Very nice, very nice. Um, Jesus said this one time. I kind of want you to hear this. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields 
for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. What's interesting about that passage, Jody and I have talked about this a lot in our marriage. What's interesting about that passage is he's not saying when you get to heaven, you'll have a mansion and, you know, houses and things. This is saying part, part of being the kingdom is that you are multiplied in the things that you have. And I'm going, wait a minute, I only have one house. How does that work? But that's really not true. Uh, the generosity that Jesus Christ inspires in the hearts of his followers. Uh, Yodi and I have said this many times. Except for Antarctica, there is not a continent on this planet where we don't have houses we can go to. And you do too. You may not know. We actually know the people that we could go to. uh, But you do too. Uh, We have houses. We have brothers. We have sisters. We have mothers. We have fathers all over the world. Because Jesus Christ gave so much, he inspires that generosity in the people that follow him. And uh, that has proven to be true many times in our lives, and uh, I think it'll prove to be true in yours. Yes? I think that is beautiful. I think that is beautiful. Uh, This is just part of maturity as Christians. We like on these Sunday evenings to focus on how we are growing up in various attitudes of and uh, characteristics of Christ. Um, At this time, I want to offer this invitation. Jesus Christ came to give his life as a ransom for all of us. And uh, because he did that, you and I have hope. We have hope in this life. We have hope in the life that is to come. And if you need to make things right with Jesus Christ today, if you need prayers, if you need to change something and you want our support to help you do that, or if you're ready to receive baptism, to wash away what's old, to put on what's new, to begin the new life, we invite you to come as we stand and as we are led in song.